0: Side over here. All right, Sunday sit-down, ESPN, New Hampshire. No other way to get you jacked up than Chris Forsberg. You know, a little uh, Trans-Siberian sack right Talking Celtics. Have you
1: ever seen them live? Yes. Unbelievable. I want to. I want to every year. I've seen them at the, the
0: Verizon to. Center, which is a
1: smaller-ish venue compared yes. to... Dude. Unreal. Holy unreal. Crap, they come dude. to the
2: dunk every
0: year. I got to go. I
2: want
1: to go. It's not that kind of
3: dunk, show. sure.
0: Hey, uh, Chris, did that what? get you going a little bit? Talk Celtics here?
3: <laughs> <What>? <laughs> I got I to gotta tell a story here. So uh, yes. It was probably one of my first years covering the team, and my wife got tickets to see them. I live out here in, in central Massachusetts, so we went to see them at the Worcester Centrum. And, like, listen, they're awesome, and I love it, but it had been a long week, and I legit fell asleep. Oh, How? No! How did you do that? <laughs> I, I, and literally, like, my wife, went, like, she wanted to be mad, but you guys know, if you band, it's it's a wall of noise and lasers, and like it's almost impossible it, you, for someone to fall asleep at a Trans Siberian Orchestra or You literally and feel
1: it in your bones with Snapchat
2: or something. Like,
3: I can't even imagine. I don't know. I, like, I'd like to. I'd like to explain it. It was just. A, it had been a long week. I think I traveled a lot, and like. Uh, but now I want to go back. The only my only complaint is that I think I fell asleep like two hours in, and that was right when they said. We're going to take a brief intermission and be back with the second half of the show. And I was like, there's a second half
0: of the
1: show? That car ride home must have been a little awkward. You were so yeah. excited and you fell asleep. I hope you
0: didn't drive home because yeah, that, right. that wouldn't have been pretty.
3: <laughs> no, I was wide awake afterwards. Were you, <laughs> was, was there was any like, alcohol hey, involved? He
1: got a nice sober. Napping. He was wide awake. <laughs> like, if you're sober, then I, I don't know what's going on. It must have been a very stressful
3: week.
0: <laughs> oh, man.
3: Uh, so... But yeah, it gets me fired up, down in the holiday spirit. Let's, let's let's talk some poop. Yeah, I don't
0: I don't know how you fell asleep at that concert. But that being said, um, we were just talking a little bit about the Hornets game the other night, Chris. I want to get your take on it. Do you think that I know Kemba Walker didn't play? But do you think that that win was a big win for this team?
3: Eh, like any win is a big win at this point. Like, <laughs> Thank you. You, know, it, <laughs> you said it wasn't a big if, win. If, yeah, you
1: said it wasn't a big win at Dude, all. He's so, th-
3: okay. it's not. If, Mute him. If, if, if they had lost it, it would have been like doomsday around here. Like, it, it, I mean, maybe people would have been just focused on the Patriots or whatever. But uh, like, they needed, they just needed a win, and so that's a good thing. I don't know. Like, they, they don't have that signature victory yet. Like the Horn- the two Hornets wins are probably your best wins, and. You know, Kemba didn't play on Friday night, so it's it's harder. It, it, but again, you, you know, beggars can't be choosers. I I think if you're a Celtics fan, you just want to see them win games, so you don't run into a situation like we saw last year, where it comes down to Game 82 and there's four teams tied, and you you kind of get screwed on the on the playoff seeding. So uh, uh, right now, you take the wins while you can, and 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 maybe you hope that uh, those victories that maybe you can kind of cling on, cling to, and say, well, we're a pretty good team because we beat Team X or Team Y. Uh, happen down the road. It's not the worst thing if you, you if you save your best basketball for the end of the year.
0: So, Chris, before you came on, we were touching base on just kind of Marcus Smart as a whole, and it's kind of a mixed reviews in here if we like him or not. But I'm a big supporter of the guy. Still, so I believe he has an impact on this team. And what, what's your take on Marcus Smart? Obviously, it seems like at this point we know they reached on him when they took him at six. But that being said, he still contributes to this team.
3: Yeah, like if you if you don't like Marcus Smart, I don't think we can be friends. Thank you. It's, it's just-
0: see you later. Yeah. <laughs> see you later, Steve. <laughs> My question has gone because so, 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 Chris, Steve can't come when we go see Trans Siberian Orchestra. Steve <laughs> can't. All right.
3: Well, maybe we'll make an exception. Maybe, maybe we'll see if Marcus. We'll can just come put with him roll we'll as well. Yeah, uh, like I just, I just, I agree. Like I think everyone holds his draft position against them a little bit too much, and 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 you know everybody will second guess down the road if Julius Randle becomes great and could the Celtics have gotten him and all that, but like. And for me, it just Marcus really impacts the game when he's in there. Now he had a terrible game against San Antonio last week, but you know I think the the good has outweighed the bad. I think he's really becoming a very good point guard. Uh, you know, and I don't know if I I expected that. Like I, I, when he came to the NBA level, the, the big knock was could he be an NBA point guard? Could he? You know, and, and the whole shooting thing is is, is certainly true, but uh, I just feel like he's he's really kind of. Finding his way with this team, and without Evan Turner this year, he's been able to handle the ball and kind of, kind of uh, blossom in that role. Uh, And then defensively, you know, when when he's locked in, when he's he's making things difficult, he he impacts the game. And um, you know, like everybody, I'd love to see more consistency out of him. I'd like to see him kind of figure out where his shots should come from. And you know, once a night he he he, he hoists that twenty-six foot three pointer, and you're sitting there like ready to throw your remote through the TV, but. Uh, I think he's just going to live with that. It's uh, that, that, Again, the the, the good outweighs the bad for me with Marcus Smart. I think he's just so vitally important, especially when this team is healthy, because he's going to be such a factor for that second unit. Uh, it, it, a lot of the success of this team should should hinge on, on how good Marcus Smart becomes this year and how much he can impact the game.
2: I'm a big Marcus Smart guy. I love him. But the thing is, if the Celtics do – Finally make that trade that I feel like all Celtics fans have been waiting for. Praying. For a couple of years now. Uh, If they make that trade, there's no doubt that Marcus Smart could be in the conversation uh, along with that trade. And I feel like there's also a lot of desperation and anxiety right now with Celtics fans that they want this team to make a deal pretty soon. Do you think that this deal, if it comes, is going to happen before February?
3: I guess if it's coming, it's going to have to. Like I. the, the thing I keep going back to, and I listen, I, I I run this sort of balance as well. Is like, you know, you look at the free agent market in the summer, and it's pretty good and pretty deep, and you, you'd like to think that you're going to have a chance at going out and just signing one of these max guys. And uh, there's the 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 difficulty there is there's no guarantees. So you know, you could get to the summer, and and what if you whiff again, and and you got to kind of settle for the next tier, and you're still not where you want to be. Uh, I think you know that's the the balance this team has to has to face, and you know there's 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 clearly want to be better now, but there's a price that you're willing to get give, give up to get there, and you don't want to sacrifice the long term future when you know, you know like listen, the way I look at it is the Celtics could sit here and just say you know forget it, we're not going to do these trades. We'll look to make our team better, but we're not going to give up our at least the gems that we have. We're just going to draft. And maybe five, six years down the road, they're really, really good. And I, But then you sit there and say, well, but that means this core is not going to probably be the same. You know, you can't bring back Isaiah, you can't bring back Jay, you can't bring back Avery. All, all, all these guys are going to get paid eventually. So there's more of a window right now. And I, I don't know what, what the right balance is. I think it all comes down to who you get and what the price tag is and how confident you are that the Nets are going to continue to stink. And uh you know danny's got to balance all that right now and it, it, i think it's, it's tougher because they have started out slow here and people are maybe a little bit more clamoring for that move and and that's going to put pressure on the organization but uh you know the, the way they've played lately i think they can get by by doing a sort of a, a a lesser move than maybe the the big big fireworks that everybody wants and still have a chance to be competitive this year and still keep those net picks and uh, you know, and, and maybe over the summer something else materializes that you're, you're more interested. I just think in-season trades are so difficult, to, mm-hmm. to especially to get that s- sort of superstar you want. I think you settle at times just because the, there's, there's just a less of a market and uh, it's just more difficult because of, of the constraints of the cap and all that. So uh, I, I think if people sort of set their expectations a little bit lower and just understand that by adding, you know, if they go out and get a, somebody who can come off the bench and rebound, another big man that can kind of take the pressure off uh, Boston's terrible rebounding, then maybe, maybe that's enough to at least get you in the conversation, get you through the first round of the playoffs, and then see what happens from there.
2: Fan-wise, I mean, sorry Steve, uh, fan-wise, the, the expectations have just been so high, because we've just, I feel like fans have just been waiting for this for so long. So I, I, th- yeah, I feel it's going to be a little difficult to bring the fans' expectations down at this point. Can't
3: it's, it's certainly true, especially when you consider that we all hyped them up to be the number two team in the East at the start of the year. And whether that was fair or not, it just felt like you know adding Horford and bringing back this core, they should be better than what they've shown this far so far. And I still think. The way they've played, like even though their record doesn't indicate it over the past month, like the numbers, they're a top ten team on both sides of the ball. Like if you could simulate the season a thousand times, they'd probably be better than what their record is right now. And I think, you know, if you're if you're drinking the green Kool Aid, like I am a bit, you you probably think they're going to be like, as the season plays out, their record should improve just because they're better than maybe what they've shown. Now that being said, they they still haven't shown an ability to close out games. They still haven't beat good opponents, so you're, you're still a little bit troubled. Um, I don't know. Maybe maybe that'll help reset expectations a little bit here, and uh, you know maybe when they finally do rip off a run, those expectations will jump back up. Uh, I don't know. You know, it, it, I guess it all depends on like. Just, I know we're not patient around here, and that I think that's part of the problem too. I like when people say like, we got to do it now. I want want to see them them win games and and compete. I get it. It's just a matter of you know if you if you if you're too short-sighted, it's it's just so difficult to. To build a sustainable contender, and I, I just want to see them find that balance. And I, but, but at some point you do, you do have to cash in. And I, I if, if the right guys there, and you might have to overpay for a little bit. I'm, I, I definitely think you have to consider it more than ever.
1: And, and speaking of cashing in, and I, I really don't. You know, everyone's talking about fireworks. They want to have trades. You know, especially me. I want. You know, I'm not really happy with this team right now. But I know that's because you know Isaiah Thomas, Al Al Horford, and Jay Crowder play like what five games together. But and speaking of like trade candidates, I mean everyone wants to talk about Demarcus Cousins. I honestly, when he gets trade, I'll be shocked by it. I really don't see him getting moved. Um, it makes all the sense in the world. I think it just makes too much sense. Who are some realistic trade targets that the Celtics can go get? I know Andrew Bogut was was rumored around a little bit and ah, as whoa. yeah, I know, I know, I know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, big excitement. But like, I don't. I really don't. I, th- I think they're going to hold on to the Brooklyn picks. Like, who could they go out and get?
3: Yeah. Especially when you look at the draft and everyone, I mean, listen, this is the time of year when we all like on over the draft and say, it's going to be the best draft ever, get all the picks you can. And I don't that (laughs) that seems to reset itself by June, but I do agree that there's, there's talent here and there's talent in, in in some of these guys will obviously decide to stick around and maybe play another year. And then that's going to make the the, the 2018 draft even better. And uh, I think there's certainly a value in keeping those picks and and figuring it out down the road. You know, like you said, like, I mean, I know Bogut's the name that keeps coming up. I, I do think that's probably, I don't know if it'll be Bogut, but it'll be someone of that ilk, a big man who can rebound and, and sort of uh, fill a deficiency. Uh, I, I, I just don't love the idea. And it, it, the good thing there is the cost shouldn't be, you know, one of your best picks. It'll be, I don't know what they'll want. I assume that, that, that a team like the Mavericks would want draft picks. And, and, and so maybe you can get away with giving a, a future first round. And you think, I, I'm trying to think like Memphis picks down the road they've got and there's second, plenty of early second rounders they could give up uh, to make something like that happen. I think that's a realistic. I mean, that's probably if you if, if, if you're going to guess what's most likely, I would say that's more likely of a scenario than the superstar. Um, but you know, it, I think it's hard because there's a lot of teams like the Celtics where the East is just a mess, and there's. 10 teams within a game of each other or whatever it is. And, you know, so even the the teams that are sort of on the fence about what their future is like, they're less likely to move a guy because they're sitting there saying, well, if we add a guy, then maybe we're in the mix. And so that sort of takes down the number of guys that will be available. Um, you know, there's no one that jumps off the radar yet in terms of, you got to wait for a team to just kind of wa- wave the white flag and say, listen, all right, we need to get rid of this guy because we can start over. Um you know, I, I know people want to look at Sacramento. There is part of me that says if Boogie Cousin wants to come and and it, it, listen, he can yell at me all he wants. If, <laughs> if, if, if that he probably will. And the Celtics can then the Celtics can be good and, and be really good, and uh, I'll take that 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 benefit to in order to, to to watch this team go deeper in the playoffs and and be more interesting. Um, but yeah, I understand like why people are are reluctant, and I don't know if he's necessarily the guy that I would sort of push my chips all in on. Uh, but that being said, it's just like. You know, there's, it, it, there's 10 guys in this league that can really make a difference, and he's probably one of them. And so, you know, if you have a chance at one of them, maybe you just say, let's see how this goes. And uh, I wrestle internally with that all the time, and I wonder if the Celtics do the same thing about, you know, what, what kind of guy, both in terms of production and makeup, we, are you willing to take these these Nets picks and sort of push them to the center of the table? Uh, and And when does that point come where you just have to do it?
0: We are talking to Chris Forsberg, of course, of ESPN uh, Boston, who covers the Celtics. Chris, um, you obviously we're talking about trades here, and one name that's already popped up, and we all want him here, I think, and we've he's been coming up in terms of the summer. But apparently, there's there's rumors out there and reports that Danny's looking into trading for Gordon Hayward now um, or before the season's over. Obviously, he's an unrestricted free agent come the end of the year. I, I think it's something you you take the risk, I think, to wait and out and see if he chooses Boston rather than. Giving up assets for a guy like that, yeah,
3: and, and so and I think that's just in general with with a lot of guys out there, not just Hayward. I think there's a when you look at that class, and I'm you know off the top of my head, I mean, what is it, Blake, DeAndre, Chris Paul? I mean, like I mean, it feels like the Clippers. Everybody's like going to be a free agent. <laughs> you just feel like there's going to be guys available that you could, if you got a chance this year, where there was really two premier free agents in Horford and, and Durant. You got meetings with both, and you got one of them. I think you feel pretty confident that if there's even if there's just five six guys on the market that you can bring in. There's a chance here to say, like, all right, we, already get out. we got you got Isaiah, you got this core that's still in the contract. Like, you come there's, in the East, LeBron's another year older. I think you have a very good chance of, of still adding a guy without having to sacrifice those assets. And you become even more of, a, of, of a, an attractive destination, would you say, to premier 30-year-old free agent. Like, hey, look, we're bringing in two number one picks or new number, top three picks over the next two years. Uh, who are going to help you and sustain this thing and take some of the load off when you're 34 and 35 years old. Uh, I think that's still a pretty good position to be in and, 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 and if you can get past that. But now the, 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 the sort of the balance there is, you know, you got to make yourself an attractive destination. And right now I think teams are looking at the Celtics. And, you know, I, no one judges that you, you, in December, but probably guys are looking at them and saying, well, they're, they're not quite as good as, as we thought and like, you know, you, you you still got to get out of that first round. You still got to show that you're capable of taking that next step, and that you're that that, that guy is sort of the the one that'll push them over the top.
1: So, speaking of that, you talked about you know draft picks and, and you know getting draft. There was a monster game last night. Number seven Kentucky beat number six UNC. Looking towards the draft next year, just say Brooklyn. The season ends right now. Brooklyn be like what one of the top three? They get a top three yeah. pick. Um, I don't know how up to date are you on college basketball. I was just curious. Who do you think a guy that you would like the Celtics um to go after, and and would be a great fit for the Celtics in the draft next year?
3: The only thing that puts me to sleep faster than the transsiberian <laughs> is college, is college, Thank college basketball. Thank <laughs> you. But I, you know, you know, it's funny because I, I sit there and, and I'm like the, the the lame guy who only perks up in in March Madness and pretends like he knows everything. And <laughs> I'll get a better idea of guys then um, I, if I had like. Just, and you can tell me who this player is, but if I'm like making my magical Celtics wish list, I will take anybody over six eleven who can rebound the basketball at an elite level and has a chance to become an impact big man at this level. I just feel like that's the most difficult thing to find, right? And you know, if you look at Towns and you look at Embiid, and you, and and you know, I know there's I don't know if there's anybody of that ilk out there. But if they can just find a big man that has a chance to develop and you could, you know, slide him in there next to, to, to Horford and let them learn and develop, I think that's a, that's a pretty good fit. Uh, I think we all know that the Celtics are pretty well stocked at, at the, the perimeter, and, and I don't know if that will necessarily be the same three years from now and you never want to draft based on need. But I think we can all agree that if there's a big man there and they can, they can find a way that, that that at some point that has to be the goal.
0: I'm glad that I found someone else who did today's watching college basketball. Well, I mean, <laughs> it's, there's only one guy, and he has two
1: ACL injuries, so it's Harry Giles. But okay, you know. Giles, yeah,
3: I, I hear the name, and I'm willing. I'm willing to take that risk. But like yeah, everyone was worried about Deed. Everyone was worried about like all these big men coming out. I'm Like,
0: I'll roll that dice if there's talent. And ACLs nowadays are so much easier to come back from. And look how good a can get is. Like, you, you can buy him on like the open market. <laughs> Amazon.com, hello Amazon ACL. <laughs> Shipping. Can we great. get here by Christmas? If so, I'm oh, in. <laughs> Free shipping. <laughs> prime. There in. You go. Uh, all right, Chris. I appreciate the time, of course. Um, and enjoy your holiday season. Enjoy your Christmas and New Year. And we'll talk to you down line.
3: Thanks, man. Uh, let's, let's do it again soon.
0: Perfect. Uh, again, Chris Forsberg, ESPN, Boston covers the Celtics. Clearly can fall asleep against with like the loudest concert ever. don't know how he <laughs> I, does to it. To be honest, that I, I don't, man. I don't think Brett. I can ever yeah, yeah, that Yeah, there's go. a
2: lot of guys who can just fall asleep.
0: He's going to be you? forever. I hope we just start something. Every time that. we bring <laughs> him on,
1: we should just start out with like, hey, you ever been to a Metallica
2: concert? I think you could
0: fall asleep <laughs> he, there. we we'll just trying to find should,
1: the loudest concert you can fall asleep at. If he
2: went in the Snapchat era, you know there are people putting on the Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Check out this guy asleep with the translator. How did you fall
0: asleep like that? <laughs> Whose dad like, is this? <laughs> <laughs> I wish we'd get like a video segment started and like, just take him to every loud concert possible. Yes, and yes, exactly. He fall asleep. <laughs> oh my god. Um, all right, we're gonna take a quick break. When we come back here on the Sunday sit down, we're gonna touch base Pac Man Jones and our good old friend the keep to leave had something to say this past week, so we're gonna touch into that next.